Welcome to the White Pube Podcast. I am Serena Mohammed. My name's Gabrielle Delapuente. And we are two little critics just living our best lives. We run a website called The White Pube, which is, you can find us on thewhitepube.com or.co.uk, at The White Pube on Twitter and Instagram. And we just write about things. We write about art, we write about games, books, TV. Food. Sometimes. Food. Sometimes. Just anything and everything. The cultural bits that make up the space of our precarious mad lives in this wild, wild west of the world that is 2022. Um, But yeah, if you've not heard of us, maybe have a peep. See what you think. It'd be nice to see you about. I don't know. Maybe. I feel like I'm flirting with someone. Like, I feel, like, nervous, sweaty. Um, We haven't done an episode like this in so long. And this episode is going to be a little bit different from, like, the weekly texts that we put out. So we publish, like, reviews about all those things Arena has said on Sundays. Um, But we're going to use today's episode to chat about the fact that I've had long COVID for one year. And just what the fuck that means and how it feels and the shit that I've learned and how much it has changed my life and I wanted to do this episode because there is so much that I want to say and share about long covid like I don't feel like any of it should be kept to myself or kept private and I keep wanting to say things about it but not in like a tweet or in a Instagram caption like I think it needs to be a whole conversation and every day I think about it I think about it all day long and I want to find a way to just collect all the thoughts and put them in one place because whenever I have spoken about long covid on the internet I get an email a few hours later from someone who is like I have also got long covid this is my experience thank you so much for sharing and it feels Like, I need to sort of continue to contribute to that sense of community so that we can all get through it or figure out a way to to stay with it if we're not going to get better. So, essentially, today's episode is Zarina interviews me about long COVID so that I can get it off my chest. (laughs) Love that. So I've got some questions for you. I'm Jeremy Paxman. First of all, Gabrielle in the hot seat can you tell us what is long covid oh what actually is it so long covid is a post-viral condition that people get after covid it might mean many different things to many different people because there are about like 200 symptoms that have been identified which is absolutely nuts bonkers and I always think like oh my god I've got so many of them I've got so many I've got like a full bingo house but then I look at the 200 long list and I think okay Uh um so my symptoms are widespread pain I have brain fog which is just a nightmare I have um breathlessness on activity and I have fatigue that just has like kept me housebound and with fatigue I think a really good way to describe it is just 
post-exertional malaise. That's like the official, official term, which means like a really terrible reaction to activity. <laughs> and that activity might be like physical activity. It might be mental activity. It might be social. Um, my other symptoms include like bizarrely nocturnalism. I've had real trouble with sleep. I stopped setting alarms because I was realizing that I was having like a strange boost of energy at night after being really fatigued all day. And I thought like stop by stopping setting alarms, I'll have a little experiment and see where my natural sleep cycle falls. And it turns out that I only get tired at 8 a.m. and I wake up at 5 p.m. naturally. So long COVID for whatever reason has like completely just turned the world upside down. Um put me in a different time zone and that is something that can happen after as a part of post-viral illnesses as well viruses can trigger circadian sleep disorders so that's a part of my long covid experience on top of that really really bad periods um like i've never had before and really bad premenstrual stress to the point of like yeah like a a day of the deepest depression before i ever come on I've had hair loss and I've got this like new inability to regulate my temperature. I have been so hot all winter, so hot. Like Michael, my boyfriend's been stuck in the house in an Udi, just like pure comfort, pure warmth. And I've like been there with like a little spaghetti strap top on. I'm just so hot. And then in the summer, I could not cope with the heat to the point where I could not get out of bed because it was so hot outside. So I do not know what's going on with that, but like something inside me is just broken. Um, it sounds bad, but considering gas prices are going considering up. Considering gas prices. Thank you, COVID. Thank you for what you have done. Um, That's the only upside. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've, have I got any other? What have I said to you? I mean, is it worth mentioning that, like, the pain... Like, you've got nerve damage. Oh, yeah. So, with my... So, most of my... I've got widespread pain that feels like I'm just bruised all the way through. It's fucking shit. It's, like... it's And, and that's very constant. That's probably the, the most constant symptom. Just every day, like... Almost, like, sensitive to the touch. Really uncomfortable. <laughs> And I think it has made me <laughs> quite irritable as well, naturally. I, but on top of that, I get, I get like, sort of like a different type of pain layered over it in my legs. I notice that if I do try to walk anywhere or if I stand in one place for too long, for example, if I have a shower or if I try to wash the dishes, it just triggers this, like, weird leg pain that feels like cramping but also shooting pain and also it continuing with this like strange heat regulation my legs get really hot so sometimes you can feel it to the touch and you can feel that one hot one leg is hotter than the other so I try not to stand up (laughs) I try my best to sit down um but I hate chairs now so I sit on the couch or in bed chairs are evil chairs are too straight (laughs) hate chairs 
chairs do nothing A-cav. for widespread pain. ACAV, ACAV, all chairs are bastards. <laughs> oh man, I've never, I just never felt so much hate for an object. I can't sit in chairs. Bad design. <laughs> Bad design. And those, that's your bingo card. What are the other kind of myriad symptoms that other people, that you've heard other people have had? Those are my symptoms. Um, there was an amazing Lethora report published by The Lancet um, at some point in 2021 that listed 200 symptoms of long COVID. And um, I know people who have like really incredibly bad joint pain, people who whose hands swell up and they can't hold a pen. Um, other people have chronic vomiting which is just really I don't know I really sympathize uh, ear pain tinnitus is really common um vision symptoms as well which I've not had completely but I did have like a few months where I was really sensitive to light and I was like wearing a cap around the house <laughs> to like so I couldn't see like the big light or anything or like lamps directly in my vision because it was really making like I don't know it was really irritating me um other people have like heart palpitations and heart issues really bad loss of appetite which I have also had as well um nausea it just goes on like skin issues every single part of the body is affected and it is like crazy to me that while we can speak about covid so much in the news every single day long covid isn't (laughs) like made as big a deal of because I think it's fucking terrifying like it has completely transformed my life and you know for the people who are idiot anti-vaxxers like they I want to tell them this as like a horror story I want it to be a deterrent I want them to be scared of becoming like me because then maybe they'd go and get vaccinated I think. Because yeah. I, I guess the way the, that, like, the news and, like, the politicians and, like, even sometimes, like, healthcare people, the way they present it, like, to the mainstream public is, like, a binary between, like, you know, cold or flu or you die. Mm. Like, it's mild or, like, you die. Um, get the vaccine or you die. But, like, it's also, like, you can... It, it will change the entire... You'll, you'll be alive, but, like, your entire life will be recalibrated around an illness that like people don't really know too much about to be honest it's just like mysterious aches and pains and like bizarre symptoms bonkers stuff that seem seems kind of unconnected to like a respiratory virus mm. like it's also like oh yeah that whole host of other things it's like i don't know it's not that binary between like being okay recovery and death yeah it's a horrible purgatory the other symptom I think that, you know, it kind of adds to that horror story, it's not something I've experienced, but I've seen like really upsetting videos online of people with that that condition where they the everything that they smell smells disgusting. Um, which sounds like almost comical, but if you listen to the stories coming from people, like they can't hold their baby anymore because another person smells like something that is going to make them vomit the experience of eating food 
makes them vomit. Things don't taste right. Things, because taste and smell are so connected. Like, it is really, really isolating people and it's, like, everyday torture and it's not something they can just switch off because it's it's in them. It's it's long COVID. It's, it, there's no cure for it and there's no promise as well that people are going to get better and they've just got to live with that. They've got to wait and see what happens. It's fucking crazy. It is. Just wait and see what happens. Like, like that's if that's the only solution, that's a crazy solution. Just like hold tight, clench. Yeah. Let's see. And that <sighs> that whole. Do you know what? Like, so I when I got sick, I had like a pretty bad COVID, active COVID time, and I, straight away I was I was like I think this is going to be long COVID because, it was just so, persistent and, I'd never felt like so weak or so I don't know I was just complete it was new feelings new body feelings um and I was I was convinced it was long over from the start which it was and uh, the only thing anyone would say to me is you'll be better soon you'll be don't worry you'll be fine soon and it would upset me and I I couldn't quite articulate why it upset me at first because why would you get upset by someone like wishing you well but it felt like one, something I couldn't live up to. Two, like a quick way to write off what was happening in the present. Like a way to just, I don't know, almost say like, I'm not going to deal with your situation right now because you're going to be better soon and you'll be fine. So like, don't even think about it. Don't worry. But I was worried. I was feeling really bad. And I was already having to like adapt my lifestyle, quit jobs um, quit responsibilities, quit standing up in the shower, only having baths, like all of these little changes in order to like get through a day. And I'm like, <laughs> like weirdly, like it makes me laugh. It, it, like, I'm like, am I still sick, sick out of spite? <laughs> <laughs> get well soon. No, I won't. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to be sick for years. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh, it's a good joke. <laughs> but you, oh, God. Oh. Well, I mean, that's. I think that's a good segue to the next question about, like... Because it, it's a shit show. Long COVID is bad vibes. But, like, outside the space of those symptoms, please describe the other bad vibes. Like... Oh, so many bad vibes. Bad vibes from the pain itself. And, like, like how can you concentrate on anything in 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 your life like how does anything else matter when your body just hurts how do you make yourself care about answering an email or brushing your hair or having a wash or like changing clothes or feeding yourself or checking in with a friend like how how can you i it's so hard to sometimes think about other people it's like this really kind of by default selfish um thing and I don't mean it, it just is selfish like I don't even think that's a bad thing like I it's like that airplane analogy that you need to wear your own mask before you like put the mask on the kids when the plane's falling out the sky like I'm just like I'm just putting my own mask on you can all fuck off like I can't deal and the flip side of that is that it has made anything I do decide to do like very deliberate and very meaningful 
like if I have a phone call with a friend like it, it matters because I don't speak to people that often anymore and I know it's gonna hurt me I know I'm gonna have to rest afterwards so like you go into these things making like really active decisions and it's so strange and I don't even want it to put the pressure on like that friend that I've decided to speak to like I don't want them to know that I just know in my in myself like it matters more than it would have in the past this phone call right now um so that's been very strange but also sort of nice <laughs> but also not nice that I have to like I don't know make these pacts with myself because like the constant constant rule that I'm trying to navigate is like the more I do the worse I feel so I have to try and do less so that I don't feel as bad but at the same time if I do less I just feel bad anyway because I'm not doing anything and it's like an empty life and I miss people and I miss like doing things and read reading books or listening to podcasts or like going for a walk like I don't know it's it's that that's the pact I have to make and the the main main biggest bad vibe of them all after getting sick is something that I've like has had explained to me by people with chronic illnesses that you have to kind of decide whether to try and live with the real world and in that case you're gonna have big crashes big pain you're gonna you're gonna really like feel the friction between you and the real world or you take yourself out of the real world and you yeah you self-isolate and you live on your own terms and you find your own comfort and because you do less and you're not moving at the same speed as everybody else you're able to become more stable so instead of like the friction of the real world you find like a stability in your own like self-created bubble which is what I think happened to me over the first year of getting sick so like I was trying for so long to like stay with the real world to stay working to stay I don't know getting dressed cooking food and I couldn't deal with the pain that I was I was under every day like the pain flares were just so like you know crying because my legs were in pain with no relief because I've yet to find any kind of pain management that is successful like I've tried everything I've gone illegal I've gone illegal (laughs) gone edibles I've gone gone all the routes I've done everything I've tried massage guns I've tried heat and cold and gabapentin and codeine and it's like my body metabolizes any kind of pain medication um and it just doesn't work for me so I then reached my wall with pain and I decided to like withdraw I went nocturnal I stopped leaving the house I stopped getting dressed I stopped doing things that really just didn't care didn't matter to me anymore because those were the things that made me worse and actually it was great because I was in less pain but I totally lost I lost any relation to like a life and it really made me very very depressed 
and now I'm on like this third stage of like trying to climb out of stability and like go back to the friction and I'm trying to do more and I've been getting dressed and I've like put makeup on and I've like cut my fringe and I'm already feeling so bad because of the pain <laughs> so it's like a rock and a hard place like do you find do you live with friction or stability there's no right way to go and I, I'm wondering like if this continues if I continue to be this sick am I just going to swing between those two two extremes will will that be the way to go do I have a few months of, of pain and then do I reach my limit with it and then go back to the stability and like say goodbye to everyone for a while and then when I need to go back do I then come back like the fact that I even have to think of this is so fucking strange and I'm sure that there are other people with long COVID who are like going through that wave or maybe they don't even have the choice. Maybe they just have to live with the friction because of their job, because they have kids, because they have care and responsibilities, because there's no one to cook for them, because of money. Just all of, like, I'm self-employed. Michael has been nice enough to cook. I, it, like, ugh, it's just, I just happen to be in the kind of job where I, because I'm a writer, where I can write late at night and I can let go of, of the day and I can stay inside and like all of these different things. I don't know, it's it's like this privilege that has made me, has changed how I feel about life completely. It got to a point, especially in the, the stable part where I was nocturnal, I was not seeing anyone, I'd let go of everything. Like there's a, there's a Virginia Woolf quote that I'm gonna read <laughs> where she said, what's the use of talking if you already know that others don't feel what you feel? Like, I only wanted to speak to other people with chronic illnesses. I found it so difficult to, like, communicate how much pain I was in, but also that, that like, that decision that I'd had to make and the fact that there was such a massive sacrifice either way I went with it. If I, if I, like, I kept zooming out and thinking about how hard it was for me to even comprehend and therefore if I can't even understand it how can other people outside of me who don't have chronic illnesses even begin to get what's going on and how have you found like because you don't have to explain long covid to everyone and anyone but you do have to kind of explain it to people I guess that you're interacting with family friends and you know how have you found the process of explaining or communicating what you're experiencing people it's been really really hard I think the only people that I trust have gotten it are like my super inner circle so like you and like a few friends and a few few family members there aren't even there are family members that I don't speak to anymore because they don't understand it and they've said that I'm being dramatic and they've just said really horrible things. And there are people in my family who have not been vaccinated, who like I immediately have no fucking time for anymore because I think that's just so dismissive and selfish of them to do. But I always worry with, I don't know, even like posting anything online beyond my inner, inner circle of people who trust that they you know who I trust get what's going on because and you know this maybe goes back to like my own ableism in the past where like if I knew someone was sick 
with a long-term health condition, like a chronic illness, and I saw that they'd posted a picture, like, in the park smiling, I'd be like, why aren't they sick? Like, why are they in the park smiling? I didn't understand that, you know, there are good hours, there are good days, there might be really shitty times in between, and maybe the only reason they're in the park right now smiling is because they had a rest day beforehand and they have cleared space for the next 48 hours because they know they're going to feel shit for having left the house. And I hate that I ever question that, but at the same time, like, I was never in it. So how could I have known what it would have taken to, to, to get to that point? And actually, we should just celebrate that that person made it to the park. I feel self-conscious in the same way now because I know I've treated other people, even if it was only just, like, in my head, like, questioning, being, like, a bit, huh? Um, in the Like, I've treated other people like that in the past. So, like, if there's a day where I have gotten dressed and I put makeup on and I'm, like, oh, I took a picture and I feel nice, I'm, like, do you know what? I don't think I want to post that because I am worried that other people are just going to think I'm well again. And this sounds like a really fucking trite line of thinking but I don't know I think it just speaks to like how we as people understand the world as like very fixed things so and and, and I mean this like trickles down to how I've how I understand long COVID as well because I stopped being able to leave the house and therefore I was like, wait, I'm housebound. And I gave myself that label because I can't really just like easily do anything or go anywhere without pain. Do you know what I mean? All of these things. So I was like, I'm housebound. But at the same time, for like, you know, the past few months, once a month, I've had to go to the doctors for like blood pressure checkups. So like, I'm not housebound because otherwise the doctors would come to me. But there's this thing going on with like, just how I understand myself and how I label myself that like really gets me confused because like using the word housebound might um express the seriousness of like how badly I feel to other people like it's a quick shorthand to other people um but then by saying that if they see me in that car ride to the doctors are they gonna think she's a fucking liar she's not housebound like it's so hard language is so difficult this paranoia I've developed about other people's perceptions of being sick is so on like so unhealthy and just like an unnecessary thing I need to be spending energy on outside of just like trying to get through the day and I hate that I hate it and I hate how much it's confused me because like as I said at the beginning of this episode like I have leg pain that is triggered if I stand in place for too long, um. But sometimes, like sometimes, I'll be like, "Have I still got that?" And I will have a shower just to test if it's if it's still there, and maybe once I'll be okay, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, it's gone!" And then the next time I try and have a shower, it'll be back, and it's this like this isn't a fixed thing I can't be like these are my exact symptoms and these are the conditions under which they happen I personally need to know that it's you know it's it's the wild west but in the wild west and in like the slipperiness of like the 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 symptoms and 
what's possible in one hour and what's not possible in the next. I'm like having to hope that the people around me understand that wildness about it as well. That some days it's not going to work and some days it is and it doesn't make me any less sick. And I and then that needs to be seen as like as sick as I am. <laughs> like is so important to me and I don't know if it should be like maybe it's just my own thing and maybe I should just stop worrying about like the rest of the world because again it really shouldn't matter but I think like that's just you being realistic about the way people who who aren't who like don't have that knowledge of like illness and disability and like the way it all actually works when when you're like experiencing it like when it's you like people who don't really know that they've got like quite definite ideas about what sickness looks and feels and acts like right yeah I think I think just being realistic about the way that that can hit you and I mean it's kind of like I don't know it's one of those things like you can release it or hold on to it you can be careful with it but like it's yours to manage and you're kind of yeah it's up to you to like decide how you want to manage that relationship um because you've got to kind of yeah think think about it I think because it's so external. Yeah, but it's like when it goes from that internal list of symptoms to, I don't know, like an external arena where you've got to communicate what's going on with people who aren't feeling it for themselves. And you've got to like hope that the people who can't feel it for themselves are going to care. Um, like it's that gap and it that's where the self-consciousness comes in because... If I post a picture of me on a good day, I start to think, well, I should even it out and I should post evidence of a bad day. But that's just stupid because it's so easy to show a day when I feel good versus like expecting a single image to capture how I feel when every symptom is in full force. So like, with that issue how could I ever expect people who aren't in the room with me or anyone yeah who's not even in this kind of body to reckon with like what long COVID means and maybe that's that gap and that frustration comes down to just like a bigger insecurity that long COVID isn't taken seriously enough and that if it was taken seriously enough even though this is a stupid thing to say like a stupid wish like everyone would understand it. I wouldn't have to explain myself. Wouldn't have to do big mad podcasts about it. And like in a world where post viral illnesses were understood, maybe treatment would follow because it, because it's just been so demoralizing and like almost feel like it's made me worse to to try and interact with doctors and to try and speak to them about long COVID. Um, and I don't know what I'm expecting when everyone from like the ME and chronic fatigue syndrome community has warned the long COVID noobs to not expect anything because doctors are, are, they've got nothing to work with and they don't know how to treat it because there is no treatment really. Like the way I've, I've dealt with the NHS this year has just been like an actual scandal. Like, it has pissed me off so much and just really upset me. Like, I waited five months or so to have a, a call with the long COVID clinic in Liverpool. I was so 
excited for that call because I thought, you know what, I'm at I'm at the lowest point now. I in and of myself cannot cope or treat what's going on. I don't have the knowledge or the expertise. I need the experts to help me. And I had that phone call with the Long COVID clinic and it was someone called Dr. Gardner. And at the end of the call, after him doing like this really long survey about all the symptoms, he went on and on for about 10 minutes about actually long COVID is a very British thing. And as if it just didn't exist in other countries and about people accessing benefits and, you know, like maybe like long COVID is a very British thing because we have like a a welfare system that can support people who are suddenly claiming that they're really sick and they've been sick for a really long time. And he was sort of like saying it with a tone that just made me feel embarrassed because I had just spent an hour on, on the phone with this man describing all the symptoms that I had and how fucked it was and how how much my life had changed and then he like ended with that so I so all of this transparency for me is like even if I'm as transparent and as can be like it's just not gonna fucking do enough is it like I can record this episode I can call you know give it like a nice clickbait my year with long COVID title (laughs) and I can try and um lay it all bare but what I want from doing that isn't gonna happen which is is like (laughs) is it is a dissemination of like very personal information of the experience of like having post-viral COVID to the point where like the media takes it seriously and therefore science and everyone the government like really just does the work that I need them to do to like try and fix me and fix everyone else that I've been speaking to with long COVID. Yeah. I think like that, yeah, full stop. Like that's it. That's all you need to say. Like it, but I mean, I feel kind of like a dickhead then asking this question, but um, between all of those bad vibes, like shit, like medical professionals are just like shit. Um, pain is shit. People are shit. <laughs> long COVID itself fundamentally bad vibes shit but how have you tried to figure out ways to cope between all of those like big bad vibes I think the first thing was to try and get into the mentality that like I might not get better to really resist that like oh you'll be fine soon don't worry don't worry like to just sit with it and think do you know what I might not be able to travel again I might not be able to like get back to where I was. This might be it now. Maybe, maybe I'll get better. Who fucking knows? But like, I'm not gonna b- bank on that. I'm just gonna deal with what I've got right now. That was the biggest shift. And then I think that inner circle of people who, who I don't need to convince is, is how I've coped. Like people who have just taken me at my word because, like, why would I lie? Why would I exaggerate any of this? Like, it's bad enough, do you know what I mean? Um, so I've coped with you, helping me with work and friendship. Michael has been amazing, and Michael's family, like, I can't thank them highly enough, because um, Michael grew up with a sister who had Emmy and was housebound, and, you know, I sort of gone through something very similar for years and years and years, and 
because of that, his mum and dad and his sister and him have all just been exactly like the the best team you could ask for. Um Michael, who has done all of the housework for <laughs> essentially a year. Um like I th- I think sometimes like if I was single or if I was stuck at home, like I don't I just think I would be in such a worse place. Be- I, I feel like I'm in a bad place now, but I would be in an even worse place. Um because I'd be I'd be going through that friction of like trying to keep up with the world and, and not being able to just like step aside and rest. Being not able to see people and do things and like go out and browse shops and all those like things that everyone else takes for granted. Like a big part of that has been alleviated by friends sending me nice things in the post you sent me like you sent me loads this year but like for example the book the the lonesome bodybuilder like oh Serena thought that this book would be really good for me I'm gonna read it and just like I would never have been able to go around the shops and pick that do you know what I mean like obviously the internet exists but I'm over the internet most days because it's all I've got so like people know people have been thoughtful and gotten you know used some of their little their money to like get you a little gift and send it and go through the trauma that is going to the post office has like been so meaningful <laughs> and in an emo emo sense like it means that you've all not forgotten about me which is really nice and people have just sent me the nicest things like if i i put on instagram like oh i'm really craving matcha and and then Lou McNamara sends me like what she sends me a message saying what's your address? I'm gonna send you some matcha latte sachets, <laughs> like just and, and I'm not saying the matcha thing to to try and like beg someone to get me because I could obviously buy some myself. But she was just thoughtful enough to say, well, I've got some. Do you want some? I'll send them to you. Um, those moments have been so nice. I love the post. I love getting post because it is like so exciting and unexpected. Um. And yeah, that just this like circle of friends. I've made new friends who have chronic illnesses, some of them with long COVID, and some of them like with other other conditions that are really similar. And just speaking to them, that reassurance, that like masks off connection has been like so special. And also just their like their wisdom. Like there were there was a point I'm re- I'm thinking of a really specific example. Like I wrote a text um at the end of last year about how my game my approach to game criticism I think has changed in becoming disabled. And like, you know, trying to like almost see the see the good side of like getting sick. Like what have I actually gained? Because surely disability isn't about losing everything. Maybe there are things that I gain as well. And while that might be true, I'd like a really nice kind gentle message from a friend who was like you don't always have to like bend over backwards to see the good in this like it can just be bad and that's fine and like you know not everyone has the the energy or or want to see the good in it like it is fine to just think it's shit so there there there's like that community of people who has just been like amazing and 
it's like those little acts like the people sending things in the post or just like little messages to check in that I will never I will never forget this first year of like who's been there like who literally are the ride or dies because there are people who fucked off there are people who like checked in at the beginning and then who never messaged me again there are family members who like don't quite know what to do like or how to cope with what's gone on so they just like have refrained from doing anything and I'm it's it's like it's such a shame but it it has made me really love my friends and and really value friendships it's that thing I was saying before about you know so much is lost but like the things that I've gone the things that I decide to still do feel really deliberate and feel really meaningful yeah so that that's been a huge way of coping and then playing video games which is like an obvious answer but I've never played more video games in a year (laughs) and actually games is a really nice way to to speak to friends as well because again there's a there's like a level of energy that it takes me to speak to people face to face that I just like can't can't use willy-nilly <laughs> whereas like chatting to people while you're casually playing a game and just like it, it's 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 easy to just like make little comments with people um I found friends who like play video games all night long who can like keep up with my nocturnalism and that's been special as well because that's that otherwise would have been like a really lonely time so that's a moche oh god yeah yeah <sighs> god oh god like i oh i yeah i think that's a really good point about not having to like constantly search for like an optimistic outcome like a light at the end of the tunnel like a oh but it's all okay because this this redeems it like you know it was all for something sometimes shitness is just senseless you know like yes awful things happen happen every day for no reason um it's not like a narrative but not no not even but just like full stop um um but Last time we spoke about um, long COVID, I think, it, what, how many months ago was it? Like nine months ago? The last long COVID episode. Um, I asked about how long COVID has changed your relationship with your body. Because this has been like a full, like full scale, like body recalibration. Like just your relationship to you, everything kind of has, has just been shook. And yeah, I'm curious about how you'd answer that question now so I think I I just never used to think about my body beforehand like it was just a functioning thing it was a tool it was you know it had constant energy full battery all the time it worked I never got sick I just used it and it was fine and now I feel really present I'm like I feel like I'm in a body now like I'm here like I've like landed back down to earth and I don't like it (laughs) I wish I could I've said this so many times this year I just wish I could cut my legs off which sounds like really really violent but like when your legs are on fire and no painkillers work I'm like I just wish I was a Barbie doll and I could just take the limbs off so like I couldn't feel them and then put them back on later when they've like calmed down a bit I just want to 
ascend. I don't want to be. I don't want this. I don't. I don't. I don't want my hair to be falling out. Like I don't want the feel or the look or the lack of of movement. I really miss exercise and I miss. Um, I just miss not having to think about things. I miss like being like, okay, I'm gonna go in the shop. I'm gonna go and get some milk. But now if I'm like, oh my god, we've run out of milk, I'm like, who am I going to ask to get milk? Because I can't leave. And that is just this, it's just so convoluted. Like, my life now is so fucking convoluted. It's like these, just so many extra steps between what you want and what when it when it happens. Um, and sometimes what you want can never happen. And that's something to mourn or secretly hope for in the future but then the future feels like it's gone every like I've been starting to learn about people who talk about crip time which is the sense of time that disabled people have and how it's like this slowed down staggered weird thing weird time zone that sick people share which is only exacerbated by me being up all night as well. Um, but it has, it is part of crypt time. Like the, you know, there's writing about how the future just disappears because how the fuck can you plan anything? How can you schedule anything? We don't, we like, I don't even schedule things with friends. Like if I do try and have a call with friends, I try not to schedule it. I'll just say, in that hour at like 11 p.m. on that one Thursday night when I'm like, do you know what? I think I've got it in me. I'll just say like, are you free now? I'm not saying, do you want to have a chat on Thursday? Do you know what I mean? Like, but that futurelessness fans out into like how I feel about my body as well because um, all the plans that I did have in life are like greyed out. Like, I would love to go and travel more I want to go to Japan I want to go to arcades in Japan (laughs) I just want to go to arcades Serena I just want to like put coins in machines and win toys I it's grayed out I thought maybe one day have child question mark grayed out I wanted to learn how to drive grayed out because my body cannot commit because it is unstable and if you know even if I do get better how the fuck could I put myself through pregnancy do you know what I mean like how how like I've seen the horror stories but like why would I ever risk if I was to reach a new kind of stability I couldn't I couldn't shake that I couldn't it would be such a precious thing that I cannot imagine putting a baby inside me that then had to come out fuck that yeah <laughs> it's like that that kind of i don't know like i don't know if this is like maybe just me being like just inherently scared of childbirth <laughs> <laughs> but like I'd, i i feel like you wouldn't take that body for granted yeah and like put it through an ordeal that is like completely unknown yeah for like Exactly. stable functioning body full stop like but even if i was throw it into exactly even if i was to adopt instead like what if i relapsed and then i couldn't look after that kid so there's this whole like new line of questioning that i don't even want to think about 
but because of the body I'm in, I'm like now having to face and I resent it so much. I don't feel like I have a good relationship with my body anymore because it is constantly pissing me off. <laughs> it's a little bastard. It's such a little bastard. I can't. I, I can't. I just need robot times when we can like put our consciousness <laughs> in things that don't feel because I'm so fucking over it. Upload yourself to the cloud. Oh my god, <laughs> I wish. I wish. But like, it's interesting. I had a thought while you were talking about quip time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe edit this out. Maybe this is just like a thought for the family. You and I. <laughs> but like, we've, we're both graduates of CBT. We've both completed therapy. Tick, done. Fixed. Mentally mm-hmm. stable. Um, and like, one of like the main points, like the whole, the way that as a help system works is like, if you are struggling with like past or future and like those two directions and like these theoretical worries that you can't really do anything about, like, you know, things that you can't affect, like you just release it, think about the present. It's like you've been forced to think about the present because like future has just been, like you said, greyed out. Like you can't answer any of those questions. Like even like one about whether you'll be about for a call on Thursday. Yeah, like that's just like a, fundamental question mark you can't think about it it's like body on survival mode like yeah and I and there was I did realize like I think over 2021 which is the year I've I've been sick because I got sick on the 2nd of January so it's really easy to like record it like I think my anxiety has never been more chill than it has this year Hmm. because of that like forced presence but in its place, I just got depressed instead because, again, depression is like a more stable state of mind than anxiety. It's it's almost easier, I think, for my body to like default to to sadness rather than I don't know the energy that it takes to be to be anxious. Like I just and and that was that was really interesting because it made me think my mental health was like quite rock solid, but actually, depression isn't great either. <laughs> Haven't haven't enjoyed it. Did not recommend. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Depression. Depression. Not great. <laughs> oh God. Oh my God. But I, I think that's that's a. We're, I'm being facetious, laughing at that. But it's a. It's you make a good point. Like anxiety is generative. Even if it's yeah. it's bad generative. The. The, the things you're generating are bad vibes. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't really want them about. You shouldn't be generating those things. But it's producing things. And depression is kind of like, it sucks things in. Or like, it, it just is. You can kind of... Yeah. Bang it on just it. is. And I, I've... I, <laughs> it was a point in December when I said to Michael, I was like, I think I might be depressed. And he went, you think? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> like oh shit i didn't realize oh my god <laughs> did he not tell um, you like did you not think that was important information to convey like <laughs> i think he thought i knew <laughs> oh man that conversation i should this might be a good way to end the episode um that conversation happened when i got my rejection from pip so personal independent payments i'd applied for pip from the government which apparently is not a work assessed thing um, according to the gov.uk website, 
but it's there to sort of like make up for people who are sick and cannot do things and might therefore need to spend more money in order just to like live um it's to help you be independent the amount of money I've had to spend this year in order to like continue living life because I can't go out and do things myself is like it makes me pissed off so I thought you know what I'm at a state now where like I can't do shit I'm gonna I'm gonna apply and the application process took ages it was really difficult and I had an assessment over the phone with a woman who I absolutely despised because at one point she said to me like oh if you still if you still got friends and I was like you fuck off like at what point why is this an important question how do I answer that to get like a to five qualify extra for Pip, can a you month just fuck off just felt like, like fuck off. so yeah exactly so ugh, evil Wankers. um and anyway I was on I got a letter through the post a few weeks later that said it was unsuccessful and I've not even read the full explanation for why it's unsuccessful because I had a breakdown and then that's why I said to Michael I think I might be depressed and he was like obviously um but I just read like the one of the first sentences was like you write articles online and basically saying that I was too articulate on the phone to qualify for any support which rattled me because how the fuck are you supposed to articulate how bad you are without articulating how bad you are and they claim to understand chronic illnesses and like the changeability and the fact that like you know I'm have recording this podcast with you today I couldn't have done this yesterday I couldn't even I couldn't even sit up and because I've had this chat with you I am not gonna be able to do anything else for the rest of the day. So like when I'm on this phone call with Pip, how, like, and, and I'm full of the adrenaline of having to speak to someone and I'm masking to try and like get the information across and be, be understandable. Like, what do they expect? Pissed me off. I, I, I will read the full rejection when I'm like, maybe when I'm not depressed because <laughs> I just can't cope. Um. But I know that long COVID has been added to the list of like the things that qualify for PIP and it would be interesting to speak to anyone, any listeners who are in that situation and have have managed to get it. Because like, I don't think, I I can't see me applying again because it was like just so emotionally uh, taxing. Um, but it would be interesting to speak to people about it. Yeah. If you've got the energy, send us an email, info at thewhitepube.com. And I think that's it. I think I've just said everything I, I needed to say. To stop. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. It's just but long COVID, zero out of ten. Would not recommend. Yeah. Hate it. No thanks. Bad times. Thanks, I hate it. Bad times. Yeah. But thank you as well for, I don't know, this feels like an act of, like, good generosity. I shouldn't slap the table when I say that because my phone's recording on it. This, this feels like a good act of generosity because I think, yeah, transparency, important, functional, practical for, like, you as a writer. But, like, I think transparency is also, like, a kind of generosity and, like, sharing where you're at with people. Like, you don't owe anyone an explanation. And... This is so much juicy context for people. Yeah, thank you for listening. Um, 
and if you're going through what I'm going through or if you're in a worse place then I'm sorry it's fucking shit and we do not deserve it and I hope the government fucking sorts itself out because they are to blame that's a good ending fuck the government fuck Boris Boris Johnson he doesn't deserve to just be first named like a casual thing he doesn't yeah fucking murderer okay <laughs> um and also if you ever want the written version of this there'll be a transcript on thewhitecube.com um in case you want to refer back to it more easily thank you for listening and also just thank you to our patreon supporters as well um we have a patreon patreon.com forward slash thewhitecube where people can give like a pound a month or however much you want to uh support us with in order to back us as writers um and yeah we'll see you we'll see you on the internet so thank you patreon people bye bye